Hello, everybody. Welcome to the fourth edition of the Fireside Chats. My name is Abby Manda. I'm Neha Malik, and both of us are peer mentors for the Emory Pre-Health Advising Office. So today we have a really insightful episode for you guys where we're talking to Dr. Brew, who is a first-year bioprofessor who also teaches advanced courses such as biochem. It's a really insightful conversation about exploring career paths, um, family life, and just a really good overall time. I think y'all will enjoy it. And I think that it'll be a really good opportunity for everybody to learn more about the professor. Um, so yeah. Hello, everybody. We have Dr. Ladio Brew here, who's a senior lecturer here in the biology department at Emory University. He's a professor of first year general biology courses as well as upper level biochemistry courses. Dr. Brew is interested in the application of active learning and science education. More importantly, and we'll get into this today, he's just an interesting human being as a whole. Hello, Dr. Brew. Thank you for having Hi, us. Hi, thank you. Thanks thank for you having for me. Being here. The first thing we really just want to unpack is I just want to hear how you got to where you are today. Just a little introduction about yourself. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so far back as I can remember, I, I liked science um, and I liked life. Like I liked animals. I liked ecosystems. I was like, as a kid, I really liked watching Discovery Channel, which back in the day had a lot of nature, uh, nature documentaries and things like that. Of course, it's changed a lot since then. But I loved animals. I loved science. I really like wanted to understand how life worked, how animals got here, dinosaurs and things like that. I was really into it. Um, so as I got older, I had to figure out, like, well, how would I turn this into a career? What did I want to be when I grew up? Um, my parents kind of keyed in on this interest in science and animal life and ecosystems and said, sounds like you want to be a doctor. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm sure y'all could relate to that. Um, so I kind of ran with that. And I, I think early on I decided, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. Um, and if I'm not a doctor that works with humans, I want to be a veterinarian. And that was just my thing for like, you know, 10, the next 10 years, 15 years, right? But I know I knew very little about an actual career as a physician. My mom later went back to school and became a registered nurse. Um, but I still didn't know very much about the day-to-day -day life of a physician, right? Um, I ended up moving from New York. I'm originally from New York. I moved to Atlanta. I finished out my last couple of years of high school. And I was kind of a student that found high school to be, like, relatively easy. Um, I would come in. I'd sleep through some classes and study at the last minute and do fairly well because I was lucky enough to be gifted in that way. Um, when I ended up going to college, I went to Morehouse, which is right here in Atlanta. I ended up being in an environment where everybody was gifted and everyone was smart. And I came in with this big ego that things were going to be easy. Uh, I decided I was going to be a physician. I was going to get a 4.0. I was going to do an amazing job, break records on the MCAT. So you and, were that pre-med? Huh? You were that pre-med? I was that, yeah. I was, I was deep into awesome. it. Uh, and I just knew that I was going to be a physician and have a specialty of my choice. I hadn't really thought about what specialty I wanted to do, but all I knew is that I was going to make a lot of money. Um, and so my ideas of what it was like to get into that career were very naive and very superficial. And I learned very early that I wasn't going to cut it uh, in that environment just thinking superficially about science and my studies. So as a freshman all those years ago, I was horrible. I got horrible grades and I tried to bring my grades up and I really couldn't do it. So I had to really rethink about how I approached my studies and if I was interested in biology, 
Um, so I was lucky enough to get recruited into undergraduate research. And I think when I got into that undergraduate research, it changed my whole viewpoint of science. And I realized that there was a, there was a possible career out there for me as a scientist, not just a physician, because I think uh, in, my, in my background from my family and my community, if you wanted to get a bachelor's degree, you were only doing that for two reasons, to be a doctor or a lawyer, right? And there were not many doctors or lawyers in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wasn't kind of exposed to these ideas of going to get a higher education and using it as an opportunity to figure out what you wanted to do. It was like, this is your goal and this is what you're going to do. And if you're interested in science, the only career out there is being a physician. And really, I, I think at a younger age, I should have start, started to think about being a scientist, right? Not a physician, but a scientist that has questions about life, how life works and how it's organized and go out there and try to answer those questions. I think those were the things that really excited me about uh, the life sciences, not so much medicine itself. Um, through my undergraduate research, I realized, well, I do have interest in, in biomedical research and applications and therapeutic applications and things like that. And I got really interested in telomerase research. Um, and from there, my undergraduate research led to an opportunity to eventually work in that same lab for graduate studies. I went on to do much better. I had this academic rebound. Uh, I went on to get my PhD eventually at uh, University of Georgia uh, in biochemistry and molecular biology. Uh, from there, I needed to figure out what I was going to do afterwards, and I ended up taking a postdoc. Uh, I ended up taking part in a postdoctoral experience right here at Emory. It was called an Arachta Fellowship, called First, right. And this is kind of a unique experience that combined research, mentorship, as well as teaching. So I got to continue research. Uh, I ended up working in an epigenetics lab at the um, Winship Cancer Center. Um, and then from there, I also got experience teaching. And I realized I really had a love and a passion for teaching. I got to teach right here at Emory. I also got to teach back at my alma mater at, at Morehouse. And I decided, I think this is what I want to do full time. Um, a, a position opened up as a lecturer, and kind of the rest is history. I applied for that position. Um, it's a real funny story. Everybody laughs in the department. When I applied for that position, it was like the day of snowmageddon. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it was this massive snowstorm. Uh, so at the end of the interview, I ended up spending the night on campus. <laughs> <laughs> but it ended up working out because a few weeks later, I was offered the position. And I've now been a lecturer here, now senior lecturer, for going on eight years. That's really interesting. I think that um, I have a sort of a question about that in like your academic rebound, just because you were talking about that. Do you think that you sort of started to have that rebound when you were like working in the lab and you sort of like found new applications of science? So when you sort of moved away from like being stuck in the pre-med mentality, did you sort of see it when you sort of liked and when you sort of started to like science as like a research sort of path? Yeah. I mean, so when I got into undergraduate research, it brought me to another level of engagement. I think before then, I was just seeing the material as study to do good on exams, study to do good on exams, right? So when I wasn't doing good on exams, the value of the material kind of left for me, and I was just like disenfranchised. I like stopped caring. I'm like, I could read this book all I want, and I'm not getting the grades that I want, so what's the point of all this? Um, but when I got into research, I was motivated to learn more about science because I wanted to try to answer questions. And I couldn't understand how an experiment could be conducted or even how to design an experiment or the protocol unless I did reading about it. Um, and I realized like some of the things that you see in your bio textbook that's like of a little tiny figure, right? Like maybe a two inch by two inch figure. 
is a scientist's entire career, right? And I realized how painstaking the scientific process was, and I got a lot more respect and admiration for it. Um, and it drove me to go back and investigate, read more and more and more and more. So I wasn't just reading to answer multiple choice questions better, right? I was reading because I had a genuine interest in trying to figure out how to do science and answer questions. And that just really opened things up for me. It brought me to a higher level of engagement. And when I was reading primary literature, for example, more than I was reading the textbook, the exams got way easier, right? Um, because I understood how to read figures and read figure legends and understand how experiments were set up, how hypotheses, hypotheses were made, um, how data was analyzed. And I think that made my exams and assessments so much easier than they had been before. So it was really that increased engagement that I got from the research that really turned things around for me. Yeah, and you now teach well over what now two hundred students. Per about semester. on average, yeah, about two hundred a semester, somewhere around wow. there, give or take a few. <laughs> so that's like really interesting that I feel like you're teaching or you make up such a like vital part of like at least a pre meds like intro bio career, like because you're teaching two hundred of them. Um, and I think that it's interesting that you say that, like, when you sort of stop learning for exams, like, your grades became better. Because I feel like at Emory, there's, like, a pre-med environment that sometimes people are just learning, you yeah. know, like, to get the 4.0 or, like, for the MCAT. Um, so, like, just as a first-year lecturer, I feel like you have such a unique perspective into this and, like, the pre-med journey almost because you observe so many a year. So, like, how has that been for you, just, like, observing it from a, your new angle of, like, you were pre-med, but then you sort of switched to, like, research, and now you're in teaching. So how's that, like, observing it for you at Emory? It's interesting and it's funny because I see students making some of the same mistakes that I used to make. Mm -hmm. And it's no knock on going through into that career path to be a physician at all. Like, I think it's great and it's awesome. I just think it just wasn't something for me at that time, right? Um, but I always caution my students and my advisees that it's great to want that specific career path, but don't become consumed by it, right? Don't fail to, I guess what's the saying, don't fail to see the trees through the forest, right? Mm -hmm. I think you have a great opportunity here uh, working on your undergraduate degree. I would use it as an opportunity to explore everything you want to explore, right? Um, think about other topics that you might not get a chance to look into when you go to professional school or graduate school. So I think the undergraduate ex experience is really about exploration more than anything and using it as a way to figure out what your path is. So I always tell my students, stop worrying about the assessment, right? Worry about the material, the questions that are being asked um, and spend more time thinking about that than what am I going to get on the exam? Because students always ask, well, what's on the exam? What's on the exam? Right? <laughs> I get that question a million times, and I'm like, everything's on the exam, right? But I'm not so much worried about grades and how people do on assessments. I want them to have a great experience in my class. I want them to learn things, and I want them to take things out of my class that they remember a couple years later, right? Because um, I think a lot of times when we're studying just for an exam, as soon as we get that grade on the exam, poof, it goes right out of your head. You forget about it, and then you find yourself trying to relearn it when you see it again in biochemistry or cellular biology. So I try to teach in a way where there's some simple truths or understandings about biology and how life works on this planet, and that's what I want students to take away from my course. And guess what? If you get an A in the course, it probably means you walked away with those understandings, and I think that's, that's fine. But again, I try to, try to convince students to enjoy the experience 
enjoy the discussions we have in class, um, enjoy getting to work with your peers and group work and activities and stuff like that. And if you're engaged in those things, the good grades are going to come, right? I say, like, have discussions about this stuff. Don't make studying this compartmentalized thing that you just do on your own integrate it into your lifestyle, right? So you have lunch with some friends and you talk about cellular respiration. I know that might sound really geeky or nerdy, right? <laughs> um, but I think there's really good, interesting conversations you can have about metabolism and how cells work and equate that to understandings about life, right? Like your lifestyle and what you eat and exercise and things like that. I think there's cool discussions that you can have about that stuff. I think that's a really cool idea that you bring up, especially I remember Pre-COVID, back in the in our dining hall, we'd always be, you know, before a big chem test or before a big bio test, individuals just getting around, getting around a meal, talking about the material yeah. and talking about, you know, the big picture concepts behind it. And I also wanted to hear uh, something. What would you? What piece of advice would you give yourself? You know, as an undergrad, if you were just looking back and you could tell your old undergrad self coming in, coming to Morehouse College, what would you tell them? Oh, wow. Um, probably enjoy the experience a little bit more, right? I think I got so focused on the future, I didn't really get to enjoy my first couple of years <laughs> as an undergraduate student. So I would say enjoy the process and use it as an opportunity to explore things, right? So I love photography and videography. I used to love sketching and stuff like that. I love film, and I wish I would have taken time to explore those things, maybe pick up a minor or something like that, or, re or at least take those classes, right, just to have that experience. I think I had dug such a hole for myself in terms of my performance as a freshman, I didn't have time to really take those courses later on. Um, so I wish I would have put some effort into exploring those things earlier. Even if that wasn't going to be the main focus of my career, I know it would have been an enjoyable experience. So that's what I always say. Take these first couple of years, and I think that's what's great about Emory. Most students don't really pick their major till sophomore year, right? So take that time, you know, when your career or your career path is not fully differentiated, right? Like a cell, right? To explore different <laughs> things. <laughs> it all comes back to yes. yeah. cell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're pluripotent. You're in a pluripotent oh state. <laughs> And uh, you can look at different pathways, right, without really committing to them. And I think as you get older and older, there's more commitment, right? <laughs> there, as you become an older student, there's more commitment to a certain path of study and a certain curriculum. Uh, past that, you're committed to a certain path, whether it be professional school, graduate school, or starting your career. And then once you start your career, there's a lot of commitment there, right? <laughs> or maybe there'll be a little less commitment depending on who you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, as you get older, you find more commitment and your path becomes more defined. And it does get, not, although not impossible, it gets more difficult to change your career path later on. So take this time and just really enjoy the academic, social, and networking experiences that you have now because you might not get a chance to do it later. Yeah, no, I feel like that makes so much sense. I feel like I was a freshman, like, like it seems like just yesterday, and now I, like, don't know how we're about to, like, do course registration for senior year. Like, I feel like I'm going through, like, I just don't know how we got here, but I think that that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And exactly, like, I remember as a freshman, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Personally, I was still exploring. I think I took classes in, like, seven different departments wow. my, my first year. They ranged all over the place. Um, but I think now, as someone who 